Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Game on Wisconsin podcast. The NFL draft is in the books. You might have heard of a couple guys the Packers have picked, and yeah, there was some other stuff surrounding draft weekend as well, but we're not going to go into that today. Today, we're going to talk about their second round pick out of the University of Ohio State, and I refuse to say the and then the rest that they usually say, but we'll leave it at that. Josh Myers, offensive lineman uh, from Ohio State and a potential Corey Lindsley replacement. So a cool little connection you guys might remember from seven years ago. Packers took Corey Lindsley in the fifth round, pretty much started right away. And then Josh Myers now potentially in as the replacement for Corey Lindsley. So to tell us about him, I brought in Dan Hope of the 11 Warriors. Uh, Dan, you can tell me blog, web. I don't know what the correct terminology you want me to use on that is. Yeah, we'll just go website. Uh, yeah, we're you know we're definitely a website uh, geared toward Ohio State fans, but uh, we you know we cover everything. Uh, we're you know at all the press conferences and games and everything, so try to cover it uh, the same way any professional outlet would. So there we have a bit of an interesting connection, I suppose. Is the the closest thing I can think to the drama, if you will, that's surrounding the Packers is when maybe when Urban Meyer was resigning or suspended for that short period of time or something like that. How difficult is that to navigate just to give some insight there? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it was one of those things that, you know, you kind of, you could kind of feel like uh, things, you know, maybe uh, were, there was going to be a change at some point where, you know, when urban, you know, eventually was suspended and then he came back, like you kind of, that whole year there was kind of this whole, cloud hanging over the program of like okay is urban actually gonna come back next year is this gonna be it and then he started having health problems and and it all eventually uh led to him uh resigning and ryan day taking over as head coach and now he's back in the nfl with uh the jacksonville jaguars which i think a lot of people kind of figured that uh he probably wasn't going to be done coaching when he uh retired as ohio state's coach given that he was only in his 50s, but certainly has been uh, interesting to see how it's played out. And it's going to be interesting to see how he does in the NFL. Yeah, I love that hire for Jacksonville, too. My belief has always been if you're in a position like the Jaguars have been, where you're just kind of an NFL purgatory, just take a shot on a guy like Urban Meyer or Ryan Day, or not to use those two coaches specifically, but a high level college coach, because if you hire a coordinator retread and he stinks, you fire him in two, three years. If urban Meyer doesn't do well, then he's also gone in two or three years and you're the same spot. But if they succeed, your chances are very high and you look like a genius. You'll be able to write your own ticket anywhere. So I look forward to seeing what Meyer is able to do as he transitions to Jacksonville. And the other guy transitioning now to the NFL is Josh Myers. Uh, the offensive lineman, like I mentioned, he was the second round pick for the Green Bay Packers this weekend. So take me through a little bit just his role at Ohio State and what did he do well? Yeah, so Josh, uh, he was a, the starting center for the last two years. Uh, he was also a team captain uh, in his senior season there, redshirt junior season, I guess it was technically. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he was someone who I think had a really solid two years. You know, I think he, you know, he was a guy that, you know, I think back in his Ohio State career and like I can never really remember him having a bad game. Like I think, you know, that that's kind of a thing that I would probably say is the biggest thing about Josh is he's just very reliable. Like he, he was a guy who was uh, really consistent, you know, maybe not a guy who like had, you know, a bunch of blocks you're going to clip up and 
uh, turn into viral tweets, but just a guy who is just really solid at his job, really technically sound, uh, an excellent leader. You know, if you think back to last year, like he was the guy, a lot of times you'd see in the videos who was, uh, giving a speech to the team in the locker room or, or breaking down the huddle, uh, before they start the game. So he was a guy that, you know, definitely had a ton of respect from his teammates, uh, that everybody on the team, uh, looked up to and, and somebody who, uh, was very consistent in his job. You know, a guy who I think is a strong run blocker, you know, a guy who's got, you know, he's got that great size, you know, he's got some power to him, but he's also, uh, you know, good and good and pass pro. And he's, he's, you know, very technically sound a guy who, you know, didn't play at all his first two years, but when he stepped in, in his third year, you could see uh, that development that had taken place and that he was somebody who, uh, you know, it w- was ready to play and who, who was ready to play, uh, you know, position on the Ohio state offensive line, which I think is interesting too, is that typically they like to move somebody into that center spot who has played at guard before just because they don't really want an inexperienced guy at center. But he was a guy who had never started a game before he went in there and started at center, and he had no issues. So, you know, there was a lot of trust there even, you know, going into his uh, third season at Ohio State to put him in the starting lineup at center when he really hadn't played at all before. Interesting. Sound, you know, you mentioned some of those things, team captain, solid, high floor. He sounds a lot to me like Corey Lindsley, and those two are actually really close if you heard his press conference or his phone call from after he was drafted. So that's what he did well. As he gets to the pros, there's an adjustment period for anybody, and you kind of talked about some of the adjustment period he had going from, you know, not playing to starting at center. But what are some things he needs to work on as he transitions to the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, probably the the biggest thing is just going to be, you know, getting used to, uh, you know, the speed of that game and getting used to, uh, you know, the physicality of that game. You know, I think, you know, there there were times of this past season that I can recall uh, where, you know, there were some miscommunications uh, between him and specifically uh, the left guard. Uh, They were breaking in a new left guard this past season. And I'm sure a lot of this had to go back to, the fact that it was a very unusual off season and they didn't have a full spring of practices. Uh, everything was really disjointed all year long. So they just didn't have as many opportunities to build chemistry as an offensive line. But I can remember, especially early in the season, you know, there were some times where, you know, it was clear that, you know, him and the left guard were not on the same page. And now he's going to have to go into uh, a new team where he's playing a entirely brand new teammates and he's going to be expected to get up to speed in four months before they start the season. So I think that's probably going to be the biggest challenge is just, you know, getting used to, you know, playing with a new group of guys and you know, being able to handle that speed of a game at a position where it's obviously really important that you not only know your job, but you've also got to know what everyone on the offensive line is doing because you're that guy who's got to make those calls at the line and who has to be able to identify what the defense is doing and to, to change things at the line if they have to. And, you know, that's that's something that, you know, he did some at Ohio State, but I'm sure he's going to have to be able to do it more now as he goes to the next level. The good news for him as he transitions to the NFL is if if he is uh, playing center, then the guard to his immediate left will be Elton Jenkins, who also played some center last season and will be able to help some of that learning curve 
a little bit for him. So we kind of, you kind of mentioned that he only played center there. The Packers seem to think he can play center or guard at the NFL level. And they love that versatility with their offensive linemen. I, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but last year, Elton Jenkins, he started the season at right tackle and he played a snap at at least one snap at every single offensive line position by the end of that season. So they love that versatility. They want to be able to move guys around. It's very rare that they have somebody like Lindsley that they just plug him in at center. And that's the only spot that he's able to play. And especially true now with Matt LaFleur, I say all that to say, do you think he's somebody that could play guard at the next level? I would think so because that's actually the position he was initially recruited to play at Ohio state. He was recruited as a guard. And then I believe it was his sophomore year or redshirt freshman year, second year at Ohio state that they decided to move him to center and kind of groom him to be that next center. So initially the belief was that he was going to be a guard uh, for the Buckeyes. And I think if you look at his body type, you know, six, five, three fifteen. I mean, he, he's got a body type you would look for in an NFL guard and, I, and he's got the quickness too. So I think he absolutely uh, could play guard if, if that's what they choose. I know that, you know, there were some NFL teams that were looking at him more as a guard than as a center. So I think that's definitely uh, one of the things he has going for him. And one of the reasons why he was selected in the second round is because he does have that versatility to play any of the three interior offensive line spots. That'll be something interesting to monitor as he gets into the offseason program and training camp and and all of that stuff, just because the Packers interior offensive line could be something that's shuffled a little bit this offseason. So that versatility could help get him into the lineup. Gutekunst said after they drafted him that they want to build a big, intimidating offensive line. Is that a mold that you think he fits? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he certainly got the size for that. You know, again, I mean, he's a guy, you know, he's almost got a tackle body, you know, and now he's playing inside. So I, I think he definitely has that size. I mean, well, one thing I would say is, you know, I don't think he's a guy that you're going to see, you know, driving guys 10 yards down the field with a ton of pancakes. So, you know, that's not really uh, who he was at Ohio State. You know, he's not a guy who I think is necessarily going to just, you know, steamroll over people. Uh, but he definitely, you know, he's got the size and, and the strength. I just don't, I, he's not he's not a guy that you would typically see with a ton of, you know, those, you know, quote unquote pancakes at Ohio State. You mentioned him giving speeches to the team, talking around everything like that. Do you have any I know this year was difficult because of the the covid season and the access obviously being lower than it ever was. But are there any good stories that come to mind from his time when he was at Ohio State? Well, I can think of a couple, you know, I know one that was kind of cool this past season. I believe it was the Indiana game, which was, you know, the final home game. They actually had the opportunity to play this past season where uh, he typically wore number 71, which was also uh, Corey Lindsay's number at Ohio State. But uh, he changed to wear number 50 in that game because that was his grandfather's number. And his his grandfather died a few years ago. And he actually, uh, during his Ohio State career, he he had a, a cut up piece of his grandfather's. I, it was either his high school or college jersey. And he he put that in his sock then he wore it during the game. And so he decided for, you know, that, that home game that he wanted to wear number 50 uh, in honor of his grandfather. And it was actually a surprise to his grandmother. She didn't know about it uh, until he went out on the field and then, you know, they sent her a picture. So that was a kind of a cool thing to do. Uh, you know, and I think kind of shows a lens into who he is uh, as a family person. I think you could see that too. If you, were to watch the video that Ohio State tweeted out on Friday night after he was drafted and just seeing 
uh, him celebrate with his family. He's definitely somebody who uh, family is really important to him. And I know in Green Bay, they have kind of a family culture that goes back a long time there too. So I think uh, that will be a good fit for him. And then, you know, I mean, if, if you want to you know, talk about the guy's toughness uh, this past uh, season, he got hurt in the Northwestern game uh, and suffered a, a turf toe injury. And then he he played in the college ball playoff of that injury. And it actually got a lot worse to the point that uh, he had to go get surgery, he actually got that surgery uh, in Green Bay. And then, uh, you know, he wasn't able to work out at the, the pro day because, you know, he it was as a four month recovery for the injury. And it kind of took him out of, you know, the typical pre-draft training. But, you know, I think that could be a lens into the fact of, you know, this is a guy that, you know, he could have been thinking, I've got to protect my NFL draft stock. And, you know, if I continue to play on this, I'm going to make it worse. But his mentality was, you know, I want to win a national championship. I'm a team captain. I'm a leader. I want to be out there for my team. And even though, you know, he was he was dealing with a pretty significant injury, he still went out there and he played every snap at center in those last few games of the season because he wanted to be out there for his team. Congratulations, kid. You've got a foot injury as you're going into the college football playoff. And what's your reward? Oh, you got to play Clemson and then Alabama. <laughs> there you go, kid. Here you go. Good luck. Well, I think if there's anything I was going to ask at the end to sum him up, what's your, you know, what's your best thought on what the Packers are getting? But I think that was it right there. You just mentioned it. A tough kid who's going to do what he needs to do and wants to win above all else. And I think, you know, I, the way the Packers have tried to build their team the last couple of years, it seems he's going to fit in very well in this locker room. His name's Dan Hope. Dan, tell us where we can find your work and anything uh, concerning the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, you can go to 11warriors.com. That's E-L-E-V-E-N warriors.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Dan underscore Hope. Dan underscore Hope if you want anything on Josh Myers. And then obviously if you guys are Buckeyes fans and there's plenty of information there. And I did get an endorsement from you from uh, Dan Kotnick, who's one of our guys that lives over in the Ohio area. Big Buckeyes fan. So they really like you. That's a good thing, I think. That is so, good. Uh, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you joining us. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westdorf and find the website at Game on WI. We have Josh Myers, the newest starting. Well, I don't want to say starting offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers out of Ohio State. Dan, thanks for joining us, and we will see everybody next time. 